Hello and welcome back to the Final Whistle podcast. My name is Harry McBain and joining me today is our official brand new co-host Bobby Addison. How are you Bobby? Oh, I'm doing great, thank you. Very excited to start it off. <laughs> now in today's episode we're bringing you another My Story interview episode and our guest is a woman who is Wales all-time international top goal scorer. She's played for clubs such as Chelsea and Arsenal. It's Watford striker Helen Ward. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. And thank you very much for having me on. It's a pleasure. Now, you started at Watford just age nine in the academy. What made you want to become a footballer? Um, I think when I was a kid, it wasn't really an option to be a footballer as such or have it as a, a career. Um, but I just enjoyed playing football. My older brother played, so I used to follow him around and eventually I decided to join a club of my own and that was it. And then as I grew up and as I went through my career, the women's game in general just sort of went from strength to strength and it, it became more of a, a viable option to to have it as, as more of a career than just a hobby. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, you moved to Arsenal in 2009 and that season you uh, you helped the club to win the Premier League and, you know, what does it feel like to um, win such a big trophy? Because obviously early in your career it's quite a big like deal and obviously did you let it get you or did you just sort of take it on your stride and try to do yeah, the best was, as you could? It was amazing to be fair. I mean, as, as a kid growing up, we always had a pretty decent team for Watford and we won sort of, you know, your local leagues and trophies and stuff. So I was used to winning things, but to step up and, and play for the best team in the country at the time was, was pretty cool. And yeah, to be part of a team with such amazing internationals, you know, throughout the squad, players that had won everything in club football, um, to go and then be part of that was in, incredible. But I, I don't think I let it get to me. Um, but it's still something obviously I'm very proud of, even, you know, 10, 10 11 years on. Yeah, I mean, it's such a great achievement. And then uh, in 2008, you made your senior debut for Wales. Obviously, what was it like? Because you played for the England under-23s for a little bit and then you made the decision to play for Wales. What was it that sort of influenced that? Or was there like a specific thing or what sort of happened there? Um, yeah, so when, when obviously I, I grew up in England um, and I've lived here all my life, but I, I had the opportunity to play for the under-23s and... For one reason or another, it it just never felt comfortable. I never felt really part of the setup or part of the squads I was in. Um, and to go away and not really enjoy playing, it seemed a bit silly. And then it was just a bit of a throwaway comment from a coach at Watford who was involved with the Wales setup, who who asked me if I had any Welsh grandparents. And he was sort of half joking, half serious. But I, as I as it happened, I, I did. Both my parents, uh, my mum's parents, were both born in Wales um, and very very proud to have been and so I said you know why not give it a go and from the minute I met the group the management at the time the players it just felt right something just fit and um, yeah it's you know something I didn't expect to ever play 90 times for my country but um, you know I'm sitting here now with 90 caps under my belt and it's the best decision I ever made. Oh. In 2010, you scored six goals in a 15-0 win over Azerbaijan. What are your memories from that game? Yeah, it was a bit of a whirlwind. Um, our manager, actually, who had, who had bought me in, had just left the post um, because it was becoming a full-time role, but he already had a job 
with the Swansea Men's Academy. He was a goalkeeper coach with Swansea. Um, so he had to step down. So we were in between managers, but the new manager had just, who had been announced, but he hadn't taken over. He was in the stands that day. So it was quite nice for me to have a good game, um, and, you know, score six goals in front of the new manager. But it was just one of those days where everything went right. You don't, you don't get too many of them as a striker, but it was, it was one, one of those days where I, I even scored a goal by accident. I tried to cross it and it went in at the far post. So, you know, it was just everything I touched seemed to go in. So, uh, yeah, it was a very enjoyable day and um, one that I won't ever forget. A 15-0 win, uh, many people say it, more of a, it would seem like a training match. So what is the best, the best ever game you've played in? Because it, obviously some people would prefer games with a bit more competition. What, in your opinion, was the best match you've ever played in? Um, that's a really tough question. Obviously, my career has been quite long. Um, mm. But in recent memory, I'd say um, playing for Wales against Russia in the last World Cup qualifying campaign. Um, we knew we had to win to be in with a chance of finishing top of the group. And Russia were seeded second ahead of us. We were we were the third seed in our group and Russia were seeded second. So they were favourites. We'd already got a nil-nil draw away from home. Um, but in the second half of that game, it was probably the best 45 minutes I've been involved in as a Welsh player. And everything, you know, the way we, we worked hard on and off the ball, the possession we had, and we scored three brilliant goals that, you know, just really sort of set the whole crowd on fire and the the atmosphere after that in the changing room and, and around the ground was fantastic and looking back now even watching the highlights and stuff you still get goosebumps so for me I think there's probably others that are up there as well but that's the one that sticks out in my mind at the moment. Yeah I mean that must have been like obviously when you get games like that it's so nice to play in one that especially with the fans as well you've got a lot of players now playing without the fans you say um Obviously, there have been a lot of people that have been saying that maybe you might not even see fans. So how much do you reckon it would have made a difference of you playing if you didn't have fans there? Like, is that quite a big thing to you? Does it like spur you on to play better when you've got people cheering on and things like that? Yeah, of course. It's always nice to have people cheering. You know, they make up some good songs, very funny, some of them. Um, But, you know, as I said, women's football when I was younger, it wasn't really about crowds and not many people knew about it. So I'm quite used to playing, you know, with with one man and his dog just watching or, you know, quite often you just have the family of the players that are playing. Um, So it's not something that we're unaccustomed to. Um, However, once you do get used to it, it's it's always nice to keep that. So for that to sort of disappear for the time being is is a big shame. Um, But hopefully, you know, the, the test events and things and everything that's going on hopefully it won't be too long until we can have fans back through the gates and I think again with women's football they, the crowds are improving but they're not still at the the masses that you see at men's games so I think there's more more chance of getting good crowds back at women's games perhaps um, sooner yeah, than definitely. The Premier League games. Especially with maybe now after what some of the Brazil national team and the men's national team in England. It's great to see that I saw in the news that now like women and men are definitely getting the same amount of pay. I think that's great for women's football. Definitely like a step forward in terms of bringing it up to the level of men's because I've watched some like a lot of women's football recently and it's actually like, I think it does not get enough coverage, especially I think Alex Scott was a great pundit as well and a lot of people write her off obviously for like the wrong reasons, but I think it's excellent seeing more women, reps, women representation in the game. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, I think you just find that some certain generations of people don't like change and they're a bit afraid of change. Yeah. Um, but 
it's up to us to to change maybe not change the minds of that generation but impact the younger generation the likes of yourselves who have got a bit more of an open mind um a bit more you know there's so much going around about equality and diversity at the moment and it and it's up to yeah. us to sort of jump on that and, and make the most of it and i think most people do they appreciate that we put in as much effort and hard work sometimes more because we have to do a lot more you know besides playing football in terms of working in other jobs and stuff so I think people appreciate that and, you know, you just need to treat it as its own sport and its own entity and, and not always have to compare it to men's football in terms of what you get on the pitch. Um, but yeah, things are moving in the right direction and hopefully it won't be too long until we see even further improvements. Now, back in 2014, you were playing for Reading, but you had to miss quite a bit of the season and you were pregnant with your uh, with your daughter Emily what was it like playing football for that not playing football sorry for that long Mm -hmm. uh, period of time obviously we've just had lockdown too but what was that like not being able to play football yeah it's difficult I think obviously we've had an enforced break recently but it was a bit easier this time around because everybody was missing it I wasn't missing out whereas when you're pregnant or injured or missing it through other reasons um, it's always difficult to see your friends and teammates going out and playing football. You do have that sort of FOMO moment where, you know, you're missing out on something good. But of course, um, it was for a good reason. And, and having my daughter and then later on, you know, three years later, having my little boy, obviously it was, uh, it was, it's nice to now have them around and, and watching my career as well. And having been able to go back to playing football, it's nice to have my little fans on the sideline. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I always thought that I'd retire before having children. Um, but then once I fell pregnant, that that, fit, that, that missing out sort of feeling, um, I realised I wasn't ready to give it up. Um, but it, it kind of changed your perspective a little bit um, because in the past I might come home from training or game and, and sulk for longer than necessary, you know, worried about performance or what have you. But having children puts it into perspective. You come home and, and they need me to be their mum, whether I've won, drawn or lost. And you're kind of able to drop the bad things quicker. Um, that doesn't mean that I don't care as much or I don't reflect as much. It just means that I, I put it in a box and I can put it away and deal with it at the right time and, and not let it consume me. And I think that's been, that's been good for me mental health-wise um, and good for me to be able to just move on to the next game or the next session with a fresh mind because I haven't been thinking about it too much. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it must have been sort of a big turning point in your life, having children, but then I'm sure everyone stresses about it. But when you get there, it it must be just sort of natural instinct. Anyway, so obviously we just talked about a little bit earlier about you playing for Wales. And then on your 50th appearance, you're actually given a guard of honour, if I'm right in thinking that. And in that game, you scored the winner against Belarus. I mean, that must have been a pretty special day in your career. Like, was that an enjoyable day for you? Yeah, of course. It was uh, the first game that we played at the Cardiff City Stadium as well as a, as a national team. So that was special in itself. And for it to fall on my 50th cap, I was very fortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, I was given the opportunity to to lead the team out as well, I think, on the night. And yeah, scored the winner, which happened to be my 30th goal as well. So it was quite a quite a good night in general again one of those where everything seemed to go right although we did leave it quite late and had a bit of a scare um but yeah it was a it's a very very fond fond memory for me um and again something I'm I'm very proud of. How does it feel to be 
Wales' leading international goal scorer. Uh, you got 42 goals, I think, in total. How does that feel? Yeah, it's amazing. Um, again, I'm fortunate to have played with some very good players that have, have put a lot of those chances on a plate for me. I just try and make the right runs and get in the right areas. And I describe myself as a, a bit of a poacher. I like I don't score many goals from outside the box. So that tells you that a lot of the work's been done by my teammates rather than myself. Um, but yeah, to have scored 42 goals is, is something I'm, again, very proud of. And hopefully there's more to come. I want to finish on... A lot, a bit of a higher number than that, but um, we'll see what happens. But to to have forty two already is is something. Yeah, I'm 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 delighted with. Now, second place Wales top goal scorer. We did a bit of research. Gareth Bale, thirty three goals, <laughs> so a strong lead there. Is there a lot of competition between the women's team and the men's team at Wales? Um, I don't think so. I think again, I've mentioned before, you have to kind of treat them slightly differently in terms of where we're at. The the boys have qualified for European Championships the last two Euros. Um, we've not done that yet. Um, so, you know, for Gareth, he scored 33 goals and he's he's overtaken Ian Rush to be the leading men's goal scorer. And, and that's fantastic. And, and I'm the leading women's goal scorer. I don't really buy into the whole comparison thing. It's nice when people do it for me and they sort of say that, you know, don't forget about Helen, but I'm not, I'm not going to be the one that sort of blows that trumpet. And as I said, he's obviously delighted with his 33 and I'm sure he's going to add to that. I've got no doubt that he's going to get, you know, right up into the forties at least. Um, so yeah, if, if, if I did make a competition, I think I need to bang a few more in before I retire or he will catch me. <laughs> I mean, hopefully it would be great to see him actually playing. So obviously there's this whole conundrum with him at Madrid and obviously not getting on well. So hopefully he can focus on his Wales career and just start getting some more goals and, you know, maybe yeah, try and I mean, catch he, you up. He can tell that he loves playing for Wales. You see the pictures and the footage of him yeah. at training and games. He, he loves being back with his friends. So I've got no doubt he'll carry on playing for Wales as long as he can. And, and hopefully his club situation sorts itself out soon because he's too good to be sat on a bench or in the stands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, um, at the moment, we're at lockdown, but you're, you are back at Watford as of... 2017 and it's where you started your career so sort of what made you be like yeah no I want to come back here was it sort of were you persuaded by anyone you knew at the club or was it just sort of a decision that you made in the moment really? It was a, a few things really I was obviously pregnant with Charlie and I was not attached to a club at that point I'd left Reading had a very brief spell with Yeovil but it wasn't going to work out it was too far for me to travel and then obviously um, falling pregnant with Charlie, it was it was not going to work out at all after that. So I had a decision to make that summer and I was in touch with a couple of clubs and then Watford got in touch and they'd been through a really rough spell. The, the, the ladies section was close to like falling apart altogether, but a couple of guys, Keith Bonus and Ed Henderson, saved, saved the club. Ed was the general manager and Keith was the, the manager of the team, the head coach. And I spoke to them in the summer and they basically said, look, we want you to come home. Um, you're a Watford girl, you're a Watford fan. And um, we think it'd be great for you to come back. And, you know, once they showed such sort of desire for me to come back, um, they got Rich, they got Rich Walker, who's um, one of the directors at, at the club involved as well. And, and they, they managed to put together a package for me that includes working sort of behind the scenes as well. And they did so much to make it, you know, work for me and my family that, it felt right that I'd go back there and 
I'm so glad that I did because I love the club. As I said, I'm a Watford fan. I've had a season ticket uh, since I was 10 years old. Um, so for me to be, go back there and, you know, hopefully potentially finish my career there, um, it just felt right. And, you know, it still does mm. now. Yeah, brilliant. Um, now, in 2017, uh, if we're correct, you received uh, an honours degree in sports writing and broadcasting. Uh, obviously, congratulations on that. Is the route of punditry and sports writing where you see your future? It's definitely an option. I've done a few things, a bit of commentary. I did comment, uh, some commentary for the Wales Finland game last week. Um, I've done bits of Match of the Day Wales. I've done commentary on women's games. I've done all sorts of little bits and bobs. And that's definitely something that I'd be keen to get into even further. Um, I also enjoy writing, like you said, that was a big part of the degree. So there are definitely doors that I wouldn't, I wouldn't slam shut just yet. But you know, there's other other areas that I'd also look into, whether it's coaching or, you know, a role sort of behind the scenes at, at club level as well. Um, but yeah, punditry and and that kind of thing is always something I'd like to have in the background, even if it wasn't, you know, I wasn't able to have it as my my main career. It's definitely something I'm interested to carry on in some way. Well, that is all we have time for this week thank you so much for coming on helen it's been great talking to you thank you very much for having me and thank you all for listening don't forget to like and share it's goodbye from me and it's a goodbye from me as well thank you for listening that was the final whistle